Turn to uh, Daniel chapter 10. We're beginning a new series, and the new series is titled The Battle. And notice the subtitle. The subtitle is Rules of Engagement. And we're going to talk about four rules of engagement over the next four weeks. And we'll be doing a 21-day time of prayer and fasting during these four weeks, all right? In other words, we'll start this weekend, we'll go for 21 days, so we'll have four messages in this series. And this is the, the first rule that I want to talk about. This is what I call it, the principle of the first. The principle of the first. By the way, just so you'll know, next week will be the principle of the fast. The next week will be the principle of the fight. And the next week will be the principle of the faith. So we'll talk about putting God first, about fasting, about fighting, and about having faith. And those will be our four rules of engagement for this series. Now let me give you a little bit of background on Daniel before we read in Daniel chapter 10, all right? Uh, Daniel is called a prophet by Jesus. There's been debate over whether he was a true prophet or not by uh, some scholars and even by some in Judaism would not give him the distinction of being called a true prophet. But since Jesus called him a prophet, we're going we're gonna to say he was a prophet, all right? But let me tell you something about Daniel that you might not know. He is one of the most accurate prophets in the Bible. He not only foretells events like most of the prophetic uh, men and, and women in the Bible did, but he foretold times. Times and seasons of times and length of times. And he prophesied about two events. And let me just tell you what those two events were and see if you think they're important. The coming of the Messiah... And the second coming of the Messiah. (laughs) So those are the two things that he prophesied about. And he has just incredible insight and wisdom and revelation from the Lord as he gives us these prophecies. Something else you need to know about Daniel was that he is one of the most righteous men to have ever lived. Ever. And we know that because the Bible tells us, but let me tell you how it tells us this. Um, If you were God, and thank God you're not, but if you were God and you were going to kill everyone and start all over again with one man and his family, and because you're God, you could do this at any point in human history. You know, I mean, you could wait two or three hundred years for someone to come along. You didn't have to do it at a certain point. You could wait a while. But if you were God and you were going to start completely over with one person because everyone was unrighteous, do you think the one that you start over with, would you consider that one, would you choose a righteous one? Okay, obviously I'm talking about Noah, not Daniel. I guess Daniel didn't build an ark, but I'm just, I know you're, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'll get to Daniel. Noah, right? And the Bible says he was a righteous man. As a matter of fact, God uses this word perfect, which is pretty incredible. But yet we know Noah had faults too. Yet there was some something about his heart that was righteous. Then... We're talking about another righteous man now. Okay, not Daniel. We'll get to that in a minute. Talking about another righteous man. Um, If God was walking along one day and, and, and talking to the devil, and he said, out of all the men on earth, have you noticed this one? Because this one is completely blameless in all of his ways. Would you also consider that to be a righteous man? All right, and that is Job. So Noah and Job, we know were righteous, plus the Bible tells us they were righteous in other passages. I just didn't put all those scriptures in. But let me show you what the Bible does when it elevates Daniel to this 
this level of righteousness. Let me, we'll get to Daniel 10 in a minute. Look at Ezekiel 14, verse 13. says, Son of man, when the land sins against me by persistent unfaithfulness, I will stretch out my hand against it, I will cut off its supply of bread, send famine on it, and cut off man and beast from it. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness, says the Lord God. Okay, so maybe I just told you something about Daniel that you didn't know. He was a righteous dude. Would you agree with that? Because he got put up there with Noah and Job. Daniel was taken captive to Babylon along with all of the, the, the Jewish nation when he was 12 to 15 years old. He was put into a select group of young men with three other young men. There were four Israelites chosen. Daniel, and who were the other three? Right. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. By the way, those were not their Jewish names. Those were their Babylonian names. Their Jewish names were Hananiah, Mishael, like Michael, and Azariah. But we know them because we heard about them in Sunday school, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I got them all mixed up in school. I called them uh, uh, my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. But these four young men were put into intense training. And the reason is, which a lot of people don't know, is because they were royalty. David was a descendant of, I mean, Daniel was a descendant of King David. And so he was chosen for his royalty and, and his uh, uprightness and his steadfastness. And, and then he put God first in his life in that he, would, he did a special diet. He would not eat the king's diet. And the steward said, you've you got to do this because if you're weaker than the rest, I'll get in trouble. And Daniel said, well, let the four of us eat vegetables and water only and then test us in ten days and see, see if we're as healthy and as strong and, and as smart, learning our studies as the other rest of the guys. And they were, as a matter of fact, they were found wiser and healthier. Which, uh, since this is the, we're coming up on January 1st, just throw that little thing in that if you eat right. How many of you have some sort of a desire to eat better next year than this year? Okay. So here was, they followed God's diet and they were smarter than the people around them. By the way, the people they were put in with to study, they studied for three years, and at the end of that three years, they were ten times wiser than the rest of them. But at the end of that three years, they studied with guys, and let me tell you who they studied with. They studied with magicians and uh, astrologers for three years. Now, when you think about this, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, but the Greek Septuagint, in other words, the Greek translation of the Old Testament... Guess what the Greek word is for these magicians and and astrologers? Magi. Has it been that long since I preached that message? (laughs) You've had too much cake between then and now? They were called magi. Now, I want you to think about this. Remember, there there were magi that came from the east. Do you know where Babylon is in, in relation to Jerusalem? East. There were magi that came from the east wanting to see the birth of, of, the, of the Jewish Messiah, how did they even know that a Messiah was going to come out of Israel? Is it possible that Daniel's influence 600 years before is the way that these men for 600 years were looking for this Jewish, this Jewish Messiah? Is that possible? 
Alright, so this is 600 years before the Messiah, and he actually gives years, he gives seven, there's seven from the rebuilding of the temple, there's seven sevens, 49 years, then there's 62 sevens, 434 years, until Messiah comes, then Messiah will be cut off. And by the way, when Cyrus gave the, the order to rebuild Israel, there was 49, I mean the temple, there were 49 years of rebuilding, and then 430 years until the time that John the Baptist proclaimed that Jesus was the Messiah. He began preaching the kingdom of God, and then for three and a half years, John the Baptist preached it, then for three and a half, then in the middle of that, then three and a half years, Jesus preached it, and then Messiah was cut off, but then he set up a kingdom that would live forever. It's a pretty accurate prophecy that Daniel gave. So Daniel was an incredible man of God. That's what I want you to see, all right? Now, look at Daniel 10, verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel whose name was called Belteshazzar. That's his Babylonian name. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all. We'll come back to verse 3 because that's the, the fast I'm going to ask you to embark on here. Till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now, on the 24th day of the first month. Now, the Bible tells us it was the first month. And, and we're not, we're not going to read the whole chapter. We will, uh, throughout the course of this, we'll get the whole chapter of chapter 10, all right? So we'll look at the vision, we'll look at what was said, we'll look at all different things. But I want you to get that this was the first month. Daniel was putting God first in his life by fasting the first month. And I believe he started on the first day of the first month. And the first month in the Bible is April, which would be the Jewish. And now let me explain this to you because God changed it when they came out of Egypt. And basically he said from now on the first month is going to be the month of Passover. And there were sacrifices they were supposed to give on the seventh day. On the fourteenth day was Passover. On the seventeenth day, Jesus rose from the grave. And on the twenty-first um, day, there were more sacrifices. On the twenty-second day came a breakthrough or, or celebration. So that's what Daniel's doing. Uh, by the way, the, again, the Jewish calendar represents... They, they start their year now in September, Rosh Hashanah. They celebrate the new year. But, I want, but the Bible changed the first month to... Um, after the Passover to April. But before the Passover, it was September. I want you to think about something, though, all right? When Noah, we talked about Noah, it says that the ark that Noah built came to rest on dry land on the seventh month, on the 17th day. And if you start that from September, listen to me carefully, that's the day Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> Isn't this something? If, I don't care whether you're excited or not, I'm excited about this. <laughs> I got real excited studying for this message at all these dates in the Bible that come together. All right. But and let me show you something else. I, I have at home. I have a new living translation that I do my quiet time with. I, I preach out of the New King James, but I have a new living that I like to do my quiet time with. And uh, I felt like yesterday morning, the Lord said to me, read the book of Daniel in the new living. I've already read it and studied it now for this series in the New King James. And so I read the first six chapters. Daniel's divided in two sections. The first six chapters are historical. The second six chapters are prophetic. So yesterday I read the first six, and today I read the second six. But as I was reading in the New Living, let me show you what this verse, verse 4, says in the New Living. And you, you might understand the significance of it 
And you might not, but I'll tell you what it is. Uh, Daniel 10, 4 in New Living says, On April 23rd, as I was standing beside, on April 23rd. Anyone know what the significance of that is? That's the day that we started Gateway Church. And I was reading this this morning, and I got kind of excited when I, I saw the date that we started the church in the Bible, <laughs> which would have been good before we started the church. But anyway, God knew. April 23rd. By the way, if you don't know, several years ago, the mayor of Southlake declared April 23rd Gateway Church Day in Southlake because of the, what we've done for the community. So we're going to talk about this principle of the first. And before you can talk about warfare, we're going to talk about the battle, but before you can talk about warfare, listen, here's what God says. Before you resist the devil, submit to God. Submit to God and resist the devil. So we can't talk about warring against the enemy unless we submit to the captain of the Lord of the host. (laughs) Because if you war without the captain, you're going to lose. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the principle of the first. Here's number one I want to tell you. Give to God first. Give to God first. This is a principle that we should just live by automatically in our lives. Anytime that we receive something, we need to give the first part of it to God, whether it's finances or not. Uh, Exodus, just stay in Daniel 10, we'll come back to it. Exodus 13, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb first among the children of Israel, both the man and beast, it is mine. This was a principle going back all through Scripture that you gave the first to God. It doesn't take faith to give the fifth one to God. It doesn't take faith to give the tenth one to God. Tithing is not about the amount or the percentage. It's about who's first in your life. And it's very clear. Why Why did God accept Abel's offering, but He didn't accept Cain's offering? Because Abel's was the firstborn. Cain's was not the first fruit. Why did God say when they went into the promised land to take the promised land, why did God say, give me all of the silver and gold from Jericho? Why? Because Jericho was the first city. If you give, and here's the principle. If you give the first to God, the rest are redeemed. If you give the first to God, the rest are redeemed. All right, let's not talk about money for a minute. What about the first of your day to God? What about, and then the rest of the day is redeemed. What about the first of your year to God? That's what I want us to do. This is a principle to me. I've been fasting on the first days of the year, sometimes one day, sometimes three, sometimes seven, ten, twenty-one, whatever. I've been doing this for about twenty years now. Why? Because it is so ingrained in me that if I'll give the first to God, the rest are blessed. When I wrote the book, The Blessed Life, I closed the manuscript. And, and when I closed the manuscript, I laid my hands on it to pray over it, and immediately God spoke to me. And this is what he said. Will you give this one to me? Will you give the first one to me? And I said, yes, Lord, I will. And so I gave all the proceeds of the blessed life to Gateway Church, the first one. It is a principle that's in my heart that I want to put in your heart. What about the first of your thoughts? What about the first of your words? What, what about the first words you speak when you wake up in the morning being praised to God? So that the rest of your words for the day are redeemed. Think about this. How many of you would like for your words to be redeemed? <laughs> Give your first words to God. Give everything of the first to God. Exodus 40, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, on the first day of the first month. 
You shall set up the tabernacle of the tent of the meeting on the first day of the first month. Now, again, we're, we live in America. Our calendar is different from the Jewish calendar. So the first day of the first month for us, the first day of the first month for us is January 1st. So that's why I'm asking you to give the first part to the Lord. Now, here's the fast that Daniel did, by the way. Uh, he fasted, I'm going to say it this way, no meats and no sweets. I'm asking you if health-wise you can do it. And if you can't, that's okay. Do, but do something for the first 21 days of the year. How many of you participated in the 40-day prayer and fasting we had last year? Can I see your hand? Wasn't it wonderful to just give the first part of our year to the Lord? So for 21 days, and tomorrow night we'll have a prayer meeting to kick it off at 6 o'clock. It'll be over about 7. So you can still, if you have other plans, you can do something else afterwards. And then on the 21st, we'll have a prayer meeting and uh, a, an encounter service. And Dutch Sheets will be here. And we'll kind of end our 21-day time of prayer and fasting and, and go to the stake place afterwards. But <laughs> we just want to give the first to God. And what Daniel did was, in essence, I'm just boiling it down, no meats and no sweets. In other words, fruits and vegetables. And, and most of us would be able to make it with fruits and vegetables health-wise. If you have some health thing that you can't do, then don't get left out of the fast. Just ask God. And don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty. Just ask God what He wants you to do. Let me show you just a few other scriptures on the first, because I want this to be put in your heart. Deuteronomy 26, verse 1. It shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all of the produce of the ground, ground which you shall bring. I want you to notice the word bring for a moment. From your land that the Lord your God has given you, put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make His name abide. And this is talking about, obviously, the place where people gather to worship God, the local church. I want you to notice something about the word bring, and I want to say something to you. And, and, and if you find it differently, let me know, but I haven't found it differently. The Bible never uses the word give when it talks about the tithe. It always uses the word bring. Do you know why that is? Because you can't give something that doesn't belong to you. But you can bring something that's in your possession that belongs to someone else. Bring the tithe. If, if you've had a difficulty tithing, start anew. January 1st, say, I'm going to give the first, I'm going, the first of everything I have to God and by bringing my tithe. All right, Exodus 34, 26. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. Ezekiel 44, 30. The best of all of your first fruits of any kind, any kind, and every sacrifice of any kind from all your sacrifices shall be to the priest. Also, you shall give the priest the first of your ground meal, watch this, to cause a blessing to rest on your house. Is there anybody here that would like a blessing to rest on your house? It has to do with giving the first to God. We do that around here as a church. We, we believe in taking the gospel to the Jew first. The first service we have every month, you just saw it on the commercials tonight, the first service we have every month is a Jewish service because we have it on the first Friday night of the month. So before we ever meet on Saturday night, on Friday night of every month, the first service that we have is a Jewish service. Why? Because we believe in taking the gospel, but in God's prescribed order. Here's God's order to the Jew first. 
Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God and salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first. One of the reasons, and I just shared with this in a, in a conference with a, a lot of pastors, and I said to them, one of the reasons that Gateway Church has been so blessed is because we give to the Jew first. We also tithe on the tithe. We actually do more than the tithe. Out of everything you give, 15% of it we set aside for world evangelism. It's giving the first to God. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I've given orders to the church of Galatia, so you must do also. On the what day? First day of the week. Let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. New Testament. And then let me show you a great scripture. This is on giving, but giving is more than your money. It's yourself. I love this scripture. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 3. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we should receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, watch this, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. They first gave themselves to the Lord. That's, that's the principle that I want in every member of Gateway Church. That we are going to give ourselves, including our time, our talent, and our treasure, but we're going to give ourselves to God first. Um, I brought uh, two checks tonight. And uh, I'll tell you what they are. One's a tithe check for the, the wages I've received for the last part of this month. I get paid twice a month. For, so for the last two weeks... That's a tithe, the first fruits of what I've already received. It's dated December 31st. This check is dated January 1st, and it's, the, it's, for first, it's a first fruits offering over and above my tithe for next year. Here's what I like. The last check that I wrote for 06 and the first check I write for 07 is to God. Amen. It is, it's a principle in my heart. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about that there's something in my heart that the first money that goes out of my account in 07, the first check I write, goes to God. And I feel like, I, I know this is not a good example. I know it's not a good example. I feel like I have the Midas touch. You remember the, that, which is not good, I know. But that everything I touch turns to gold. Let me say another way. I think everything I do is blessed. And I think the reason is, is because it's a principle in my heart that I give to God first. Let me show you in Daniel 10, one other verse about the first. Daniel 10 verse 12 says, then he said to me, do not fear Daniel for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I've come because of your words. Here's what I want to tell you. Does God ask that you put him first in your life? But he puts you first too. He gave his best for you. He gave his firstborn son for you. And we need to understand that from the first day we pray, God hears and God dispatches the answer. Now we're going to understand as we go through the series that there's a war going on trying to stop that answer from getting through to us. But I want you to know that God answers first. So that's number one. Here's number two. 
go to God first. Go to God first. Give to God first and go to God first. Let me ask you a question. Where do you go first when you get bad news? Where do you go first when you get good news? Where do you go first when you're hurting? Where do you go first when you're uh, depressed? Where do you go first when you made a mistake? Where do you go first if you've heard gossip? Where do you go first when you're sick? Let me read you a scripture. 2 Chronicles 16, verse 12 says, In the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe, yet in his disease he did not seek the Lord. We could say first, but the physicians. So Asa rested with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign. Let me me paraphrase a little bit. Asa got sick, and he didn't seek God, so Asa died. That's what we just read. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Now I'm going to give you a natural example from my own life in this. Debbie's the closest person to me on earth. I tell her everything. Nothing that I would not tell her. Tell her everything. But I never tell her anything first. I always tell God first. Now listen to me. I will go to her with my hurts, my fears, my worries, my concerns. I'll go to to her with everything. I tell her everything. But never first. Never first. And let me tell you why. It's not fair to her. Because God gave us the ability to communicate. And in communication, there is an exchange that happens. So if someone says something hurtful to me, if, if Pastor Marcus... See, he's not even listening. He's writing. No, I'm kidding. If Pastor, and that was a good message last week, too. I, I came and Pastor Marcus did a great job. All right. But if, I, if, I, if Pastor Marcus said something mean to me, and I call Debbie and say, Pastor Marcus said something mean to me, there is an exchange. Listen to me carefully. I'm kind of releasing some of the hurt that I feel. But I'm giving it to someone that can't handle it. She's not designed by God to handle the hurt. She can handle the information, but not the hurt. So the first thing I do is I say to God, God, Marcus hurt me. Again. (laughs) And I tell God about it. And in that process, God always takes it. And he speaks things to me, and he shows me the situation. He gives me his perspective. And I may later tell Debbie, yeah, Marcus and I were talking today, and he said some things, but you know what? He's under some, you know, some stress right now and some things, and he didn't mean that, and I know that, and da-da-da, but I don't... Are you following me? I don't go to Debbie, Debbie first with hurts. I don't go to Debbie first with bad news. Because there's an exchange. Look, look at this scripture. Matthew 28, Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me. Let's put the word first in there. Come to me first. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look at the divine exchange in those verses. I exchange weariness for rest. 
That's pretty good. And I exchange a heavy burden for a light and easy yoke. And let me tell you one other thing I don't go to Debbie first with. Good news. You know why? And I don't mean this wrong, but because she doesn't deserve the glory. When I get good news, the first words are, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. It is a principle in my life that God started years ago that has borne fruit. And if I can do anything to impart this principle to you, I want to impart it to you. I want us to give the first of our days to God for 2007. I want us to give the first of our time to God. I want us to give the first of our talent to God. I want us to give the first of our finances to God. I want us to put God first. Because when you put God first, listen to me, you'll win the battle. If God's walking in front of you, you're okay. And Isaiah says, He'll also be our rear guard. The Revelation says, I'm the first and the last. It's a pretty good deal to get God there. Now, only one other thing I want to show you in this passage. I talked about Daniel being righteous. Noah, Job, you know, he's listed as three most righteous men ever, probably, you know. What if you're not one of the three most righteous men, though? (laughs) Or women? What if you make mistakes? Well, we know Noah sinned. We know Job sinned. The Bible explicitly tells us what the sin of Job was. Tells us what the sin... So these men, even though they were righteous, they still had faults. What if you got some bad news, but you didn't go to God first? Even like, like Asa, what if it was something with your health? You say, well, now, now I'm just doomed because I didn't go to God first. Well, well let me tell you how you, you remedy that. Repent first. <laughs> go to God now. Right before Daniel 10, Daniel 9 verse 20 says, Now while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin. While I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin. And by the way, right after this, you can read Daniel. You ought to read Daniel this month. Just take it and read it. Right after this is where he gets the revelation of the exact year the Messiah is going to come. Right after this. Yet he was confessing his sin. So I'm telling you, even if you messed up, go to God first. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. It's on your notes, and it's something I ask just about every message. Just take a minute and ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Just go ahead and ask Him. Even if you don't get the full answer in the service right now, by asking Him, you're opening yourself to hear Him even this week about it. Ask the Lord, what are you saying to me through this message? And I want us to determine that in 2007, we're going to give to God first, and we're going to go to God first. If you're here today and you have not gone to God first, and God's not first in your life, we would love to pray with you and help you and minister to you. If you're here today and you don't know if you died, you'd go to heaven. We want to help you. You can know before you leave, according to the Bible... First John says these things were written that you might know that you have eternal life. You can know. You don't have to guess. There's a way. 
And what we want to do is in just a moment, we're going to have one more worship song, and we're going to have leaders here at the front, what we would call the altar, and we're going to ask you to come and let us pray for you and let us help you. And you need to tell us when you get down here, if you don't know if you died, you'd go to heaven, or if you're away from God, you need to tell us so we can help you and we can pray with you, all right? If you're here and you've gotten a bad report, come to God first. Come to one of us and let us agree with you in prayer. If you need any prayer at all, when we stand, you just stand up and step out and come. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person that needs any type of ministry. In Jesus' name, amen.